Hello and welcome to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, and moxie. I'm your host, Cody, and today, that's it. No Mike, no Jamie, but don't worry, this episode makes up for its lack of host power by having an interview with writer, director, producer Aaron B. Kunst about his latest movie, Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge. If you haven't watched the Scare Package movies yet, they are streaming on Shudder right now. They're horror comedy anthology films that lean heavily into genre tropes, homages, and meta-commentary. Aaron and I get into slight spoiler territory while we talk, so now is the perfect time to pause the podcast and run to Shudder. I'll be waiting right here for you. If you need any additional convincing, uh, and you happen to be a fan of the original movie, Scare Package 2 Red Chaz Revenge is a no-brainer. It retains the heavy focus on the wraparound segment and keeps the gross-out gigs coming fast and furious. You get exploding heads, acid vomit, extreme allergic reactions, flayed skin, you name it. Granted, the emphasis here is on the comedy instead of jump scares, but that shouldn't be seen as a surprise at this point. The first was pretty similar. We were getting max fun and absurdity. Two thumbs up. Check it out. Sound streaming. What are you waiting for? Go, go, go. All right, I'm assuming you have gone and come back. Perfect. One last note. This is my first solo interview. I'm, I'm just some dweeb recording opinions in a closet, so it's always nerve-wracking to talk to the folks who actually make things. Fortunately for me, Aaron was a complete joy to talk to and made my job incredibly easy. I'd like to give one last thank you to him and his team for taking my softball questions and knocking them right out of the park. All right, I think that's enough blather. Let's get on with the show. Here's Johnny. I'll be back. And you will know my name is the Lord. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Aaron, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you so much for chatting. I really appreciate it, Cody. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you have got to be busy. You've got, what, Scare Package 2 out, Blood Relatives came out, <laughs> what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, Old Man came out the month before that, Stephen <laughs> Lang. And, and then in January, I have another movie coming out as well called Sorry About the Demon. So, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Plus Christmas on top of that. Uh, I would be... Yeah. <laughs> probably crying in a corner somewhere so more power to you man it's okay i got my corner over there you guys just don't see that part yeah <laughs> plus uh you kind of threw this little publicity tour stop at the uh the end of all things too so hopefully that's going well for you yeah yeah just trying well with the help of wonderful people like christine and Fonz pr and everything like it's great to meet new people and talk about it i just i'm always so happy that i get to talk about this movie that people care enough that want to listen to me talk about this like stupid idea that i had that's become a reality so <laughs> It's uh, it's a joy. All right. Well, I suppose down to actual business here. Main question for me watching the movie. What made you go in a saw direction for the main connective tissue on Scare Package 2? Was that, am I looking too much into this? Is this a commentary on how sequels tend to maybe over-elaborate on mythology? Completely. Yeah, completely. I mean, so the original title of Scare Package was Tropes. And the idea is that every segment was a horror trope, but then I wanted the title to be a trope too. And that's why it's Scare Package. So, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Chopping Mall, kind of punny titles. But it, it was I, the easy answer when you go into the sequel was to just go back to the video store, put tapes in, and we could just do this forever. And, and that right. would have been fine. That would have been fine. But I just, I wanted to, I wanted to move into a different era of horror. I wanted to talk about that 90s to 2000s horror boom and kind of what happened there and what that was about. And that was exciting to me. 
and was very influential on me. You know, it's, it's, I'm graduating high school and stuff and all this and like what's going on there. And, you know, so there was a lot that was kind of part of, part of my DNA, but you know, that summer, there wasn't an intention to do Saw necessarily. I knew that we wanted to talk about horror tropes in the sequel universe. And it was already so crazy. Like, I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th franchise. And I'm always the person that's explaining like, well, no, 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 that's when it becomes zombie Jason. And then, no, that's not actually Jason, you know, in five, but then it's zombie Jason in six. And then like seven, you know, it's eight. Well, yeah, an eight, but then he turns to a baby, you know, and he kind of, but then in nine, he's back to being regular again. And then it's not really him either. And then 10, somehow he's in space. So it's like, I'm always the one explaining this canon to people that's ridiculous. So that's already in my the back of my mind. Then I'm thinking of things like H2O where Jimmy Lee Curtis can cut off Michael Myers' head and he could show up in the next one. Like, it was the ambulance driver, you know, like whatever. So it's just, there's no rules in horror sequels, which is really fun. But the one that does it on the craziest level is Saw. And I was watching all the Saw sequels in preparation for Spiral. Um, and I was yeah. excited to like go back and revisit them. I had watched them when they came out each year, but kind of honestly had forgotten a lot of what was happening. I think I might've even missed one or two somewhere in there. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, wait a second. Okay. And I, I made good grades in high school. Like I should be able to figure this shit out. I'm like, what is going on? And that's why there's a moment at the end where Graham Skipper's character at End of Scare Package 2, where he's like, do you know what's happening? Like, that's me. <laughs> In like the summer of 2020, watching Saw films and being like, I, what, what the hell, you know, trying to understand the canon. So that became, I was like, wait a second, there's something really interesting here in how I could retcon in a really, really fun way. And I could reframe what you think you know about Scare Package 1. And that that became really interesting. And then you add on to it, I wanted to talk, I was getting very frustrated about you know some toxic fandom and stuff that was going on and horror commentary where people kept saying, hey, what is elevated horror? And I'm like, there's no elevated comedy, like what the hell? you know? And then uh, people called a B movie and those things were all frustrating me. And I was like, wait a second, this indignation that that you know happens in like jigsaw that could parallel onto this toxic fandom that i'm seeing that's like people and then and, and, it, and it takes something that's real where i'm getting upset about those but if sam for example takes that too far he could become a jigsaw version of this and and it all kind of clicked and escape rooms were kind of a hot thing and you know all this and then the last thing was i get to now make you know jigsaw traps scare package style and i was like okay this is this is it. This is the perfect frame structure for this, and we were off and running. <laughs> so, do do you think since you beat Saw Ten to the gates by like half a year, <laughs> you've accidentally spoiled their movie? Like they're rewriting things frantically right now. <laughs> I hope. I this hope is how John case, Kramer so. comes back. He had a puppet the whole time. Well, that's the thing. Like John Kramer's died like three times, and he's still in every one of the movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like that's why when we were doing this, and and Cameron Bird's my co-writer, he's like, "Well, we killed Brad Chad. What are we gonna do?" I'm like. Have you watched a horror sequel? Like, it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. He could have made all these tapes and all these things and all this stuff. And like, we can do, there, there's no rules, you know? Um, but yeah, look, I'm excited now to watch the new <laughs> the new song because they're bringing back Shawnee Smith, which I think is yeah. really cool. And I think that is smart because it does get to go back into the, I so I really, really love Saw 1 and Saw 2 in particular. And I'm, I'm okay with Saw 3. But Saw 1 and Saw 2, I think, are really fantastic. And I think the twist at the end of Saw 2 is just, like, pitch perfect. Um, and so, and that's really in the Shawnee Smith version of this. And there's, for those that have seen Scare Package 2, 
there's a heavy influence in that, you know, and what that means. And, and I think, um, so that's a fun thing. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Cause I actually think there's ideas that could be fun there. Uh, but who knows, maybe they'll just yeah. do another flashback <laughs> to a scene that had two people and then, Oh, there's four people and oh, there's six people. Cause that's what they just keep doing. So who knows? I am half expecting it to turn out to be like saw 1.5 where we end up with uh, Jamie Kennedy and scream three territory. Everyone's just on videotapes. Yeah. 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 Whatever. <laughs> uh, all good. Oh, I'll still watch it. You know, Man, they got my money. They know I'm going to be. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Completely. <laughs> All right, so uh, In the Night, He Came Back Again, Part 6, The Night She Came Back. Fantastic <laughs> title, by the way. Absolutely yeah. love it. We get a sequel. I don't know if it's just a sequel since it's Part 6. Uh, snuck inside of your sequel, so it's kind of like nesting dolls. Yeah. How how Have you put any thought into how you're going to up the ante if there's a scare package Part 3? Oh, yeah. I mean, so Anthony Cousins and John Carsco, who wrote that, we when we talked about making the, the sequel to Scare Package, at first I was like, okay, what if we brought all the segment directors back? Because I was excited, because again, I hadn't seen that before. And I have never seen a sequel to a an anthology segment. So so that meant we had to do it <laughs> because I hadn't seen it. And then I was like, well, that was logistically going to be too, too difficult. And I was like, okay, well, let's just go all new directors. But then I kind of came back. I was like, well, Anthony's already playing in this sequel space. The first one's 90 came back in part four, the final kill, you know, which is which is kind of like the 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 you know, the the part four and the Friday 13th franchise in a way. And like, so there's something here that you could really play with that was fun. And 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 yes, ex the Nessie doll example is perfect because I wanted to have in our sequel about sequels, I wanted to do a sequel to a movie talking about sequels, you know? So yes, yes, that's that's where that came from. And we um, we're actually on the set of Old Man, Lucky McKee's film. And uh, Anthony was working crew on that movie while I was producing it. And he would like, we'd run between takes. He's like, okay, what about this? And I'm like, oh, what about this? And we would just like throw ideas back and forth. And he'd be texting with John Carsco as writer. And yeah, I mean, we have a part three that's kind of written. We've got a part nine. There's a few ideas there that, um, and they're just so talented. And the effects are so good. Ryan Shadley does the effects are so great. Um, they're just a really talented group of people. So yeah, no, that one definitely, if we get to do a third one, if we're so lucky, there absolutely will be uh, the 90 came back in part whatever in the in the third film you have to give it like the original name like you're doing a halloween 2018 or a scream 2022 <laughs> yeah yeah well oh no that i mean we've we've had fun i mean actually just coming up with scare package titles has been a lot of the original title of this was too scared too packaged ooh, and then ooh, and then shutter shutter was like uh no no we needed a, and i wanted t-o-o scared oh. package like it was just so ridiculous um but you know i mean so we we have a lot of fun titles for all this and what this could potentially be but yeah horror there again it's about tropes and horror titles is a trope in and of itself so it's gonna be that title in my heart now from now on i'm gonna like have to get sharpie to my dvd copy whenever it comes out and just change it up well, I made I went on IMDb and I put also known as so so that way when people see like the alternate titles like I put it on there as an alternate title. I'm like, yeah, hey, there I'm we go. Out. People need to know what my original vision was, you know. Yeah. So going back to the idea, uh, you had mentioned maybe trying to keep the seg segment directors, but having to switch it up. This is uh, even more ambitious than the first one because you've got people all across the not just country this time, but all the way across the oceans here. How, mm -hmm. how do you manage putting all that together? It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, a lot of credit goes to just, you know, my, my team that's kind of making this, you know, Ashley Sneed, Cameron Burns, 
Um, Alex Uding in particular, who's our post supervisor and a producing partner, who's like, you know, managing the logistical elements of each of those things, you know? So, I, I mean, I'm the one who's like picking the directors, getting the ideas, like, you know, fostering the, the, the major macro creative vision and then deciding on how their budget's gonna be with Ashley and Cameron. And then it kind of gets handed off to other members of my team and Sean Talley, you know, Farrell Rose, we've just got a good group of folks that we're able to divide and conquer because we make a lot, on top of this, we also made, God, eight feature films in the last 15 months, you know? So it's like, so all of that really starts to kind of like, you know, come together and and, and there's there's a few months in there that are just a complete blur you know, and what that is. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was, uh, we, Cameron and I wrote We're So Dead, which is the last segment. And originally we are going to do that stateside, but I met Rachel Wiggins uh, at the Scare Package 1 premiere, oddly enough, in Spain. And, you know, we became friends from there. And I was like, you know, let's, once I knew I brought Jed in and we were going to have some UK kind of flavor in this, I was like, well, another shutter territory is Australia where it plays. So it's like, let's lean into that. Let's just do a full Aussie version of this. And I let her kind of take a pass on the script and kind of Aussie it up a little bit. But I did keep my Sunny Delight line in because that's from my childhood. She's like, we don't know what that is in Australia. I'm like, yeah, but I do. So let's keep that one. Um, but yeah, it was it was, it was was definitely very difficult, especially the Australian one. We could not be there at all. So that was the lockdowns that were going on at that time were very restrictive. Like it was kind of like regional. It, it, it's very different than it is in the States. So like you had to be within a certain kilometer area or you couldn't even, so like people couldn't go like started shooting and then they locked down an area and they can't come back to set. I mean, God, it was, it was a nightmare, but yeah, this movie took the longest and was the most logistically challenging of any film we are made, any film we are made. And we made movies, you know, in the water and with mechanical <laughs> sharks and stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like we've done all kinds of stuff and this was by far the most difficult. Yeah. But I really love uh, recently I've been into the idea of regional filmmakers being able to create things that are very different than what you get maybe out of a Hollywood system. How would you describe maybe the personality of like Austin filmmaking? Yeah, you know, I think that's really astute of you because I think one of the things that I, especially as a producer, like I'm always looking for different perspectives. I want somebody who could who could do something that comes from a place, um, a, a background, um, anything, you know, that informs their life and something that I don't know about, you know, that's there. And mm -hmm. I think when you get regional filmmakers, there's there's something that's more authentic. Whereas I think LA becomes very, you know, curated, plastic, you know, and and here's the way this is supposed to be. Versus, you know, you you get something that just feels like it's really from this kind of group of people. And you know, unfortunately, I'm not able to shoot as much in Austin as I want, but it's a lot of Austin crew that's coming with me to the places that I need to make them. But I'm always shooting in these like weird states, you know, and like I mean, this past year was, you know, Ohio, Kentucky, we we're in Louisiana, Oklahoma City, Florida, upstate New York, you know, Toronto, we're everywhere. And each of those gets to inform the movie in a special way. And I think that's really, really fun. But the Austin film community, I think, is really special um, and that it's a very artistically led group. It's very like, yeah, man, let's do it. Like very laid back. And I kind of, I kind of dig that. Um, there's just a very casual kind of atmosphere to it. It doesn't feel as competitive and as like, oh, what have you done? What are you doing? What's going on? What's on your slate? You know, like nobody's mm -hmm. asking what's on my slate before, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I think that's really, really great. And we pick each other up, 
you know, and I think that's, that's important too. So, but that, I will say the horror community as a whole, and especially us as horror filmmakers, like we support each other. You won't see a horror filmmaker very, very, very rarely talking negatively about another horror film. You, you just really won't. You'll see us lifting each other up because we all know how hard it is. And uh, the pie is not finite, you know, like, and, right. and we just, it's success, you know, in these films is success for all of us, you know, and, and, and I think it's a great thing. Great. Well, I think I'm close to time here. So if I can sneak in one more question, uh, Scare Package 2, absolutely jam-packed with references. Do you have a favorite Easter egg out of all of them? I mean, there's a few. Look, I love Sam coming through the TV for the Dreamwares thing. I think that's going to be one people are going to talk about because <laughs> it was so hard to do. Like logistically, it was just a ton of makeup. We're doing the blue screen thing. We're pushing them through a TV. We practically are pushing them through. It's really hard. I couldn't film that at the same time that my actors were there. So like he's in the TV and we had to wrap them because of we couldn't afford overtime. So I'm literally like running around doing the lines and he's yelling back at me. And then when we came the opposite, the reverse, I'm the one standing up over there and I'm talking to the actors, you know, and trying to make this thing cut together. Um, and then I would say the other one is uh, I, I really do love the drive homage, <laughs> which not a lot of people, I think, especially in the horror community might not completely get, but I'm obsessed with the movie drives one of my favorite movies. Oh. And the elevator oh. scene in Drive, I think, is my favorite scene. And, you know, I wanted to do it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of the bodyguard <laughs> after that, uh, which makes no sense in a movie like this. But I was like, I don't care. This makes me <laughs> laugh. And I think it's beautiful. And these people are in love and they're about to die and they're going to they're going to show their love. And and and, you know, Bruce and Kirk just like went for it. And that was hard to like do the lighting and the timing perfectly. And uh, but I'm proud of how it came out. And. I think it's a standout moment. Yeah. Oh man. Oof. So many good pieces there. I keep waiting to be cut off here and see if I can sneak in more questions or not, but uh, <laughs> I think we're probably about time. So uh, man, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, congratulations on scare package Two. really loved it. Can't wait for everybody to check it out on shutter. This uh, hits tomorrow, Thursday, the 22nd. It does. It does. And by the way, too, like, even if we have to go now, you can, um, Christine can give you my email. If you want to ask some more questions, you can send me an email. I can respond and give you more, whatever you need. Yeah, that'd be uh, happy, fantastic. Happy to do that. Happy awesome. to do that. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, yeah. man. Hey, yeah. have a good day. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it. And there you have it, folks. Once again, if for some insane reason you've listened to this without watching the Scare Package movies, you can find them streaming on Shudder. The first Scare Package also has a pretty nice Blu-ray for sale if you're into physical media. It even has the last drive-in segments where Joe Bob Briggs showed the movie. Uh, and, as always, if you want more of this show, you can find our other interviews, commentary tracks, and discussion episodes by going to Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts and searching for Box Office Pulp. We're on Twitter at Box Office Pulp. We'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, that's a wrap. Get the hell out of here. And like that... 